Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Sermon Half. The sermon was given by Pastor Danielle Miller on March 31st, the fourth Sunday in Lent. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. The story of the prodigal son is one of the best-known parables in the Bible. It has taken on a life of its own, etched into our culture by a myriad of voices throughout the years. It has been adapted, created, reimagined, repurposed, and fabulized. We often read the Bible as if each story is written with the intention of an applicable moral at its conclusion, like, like every story is a PBS kids show with a basic life lesson at the end. And while there are certainly portions of scripture where that is true, to narrow down and limit the holy text in such a way makes it much smaller than it was written to be. We forget in our memorializing of the word that there is power in the story and in the storyteller. That these things happened in real time. That what is written so eloquently in scripture was told to interrupting crowds, with people straining to listen, seeking questions to be answered, told repeatedly so that all might hear. These stories, like the prodigal son, are real and messy, and that is where their beauty lies. In that point of connection where the divine Jesus meets humanity in a simple story that seeks to collide and collude with our very human experiences, all the while inviting us to glimpse God. You see, these parables, these stories are not merely made up to illustrate a point as if they are a moment out of time, but they borrow on very real experiences and histories. Even the opening phrase of this story harkens back to the stories that came before. There was a man with two sons. It's a turn of phrase that to ancient hearers would call to mind the stories of Cain and Abel, Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau. The themes of the parable hold echoes of, of Joseph and his brothers, of jealousy, forgiveness, and homecoming. The words we read, spoken by the prodigal, once he decides to return home, I have sinned against heaven and before you, are in fact a direct quote from Pharaoh in Exodus when he insincerely confesses in order to end the plagues. Strung together with Jesus, other stories of the dishonest steward, the man with great wealth and bigger barns, and the dishonest judge, the prodigal finds himself in company with other morally ambiguous characters, making morally ambiguous decisions. And then that extravagant love, not deserved but freely given from the Father, hearkens us to the Good Samaritan, who loved not because they had to, not because they knew the worth of the person there, but because love was in their nature. And that love did indeed determine the worth of the individual. You see, Jesus is an amazing storyteller with a profound repertoire. This narrative of, of tension, struggle, homecoming, it has been told and retold since the beginning of time. And yet... Even though it is so deeply rooted in our human story, each time it is new again. 
Because each person, each person is experiencing it for the first time. These characters, this prodigal and his brother, they are not merely fictitious creations meant to tempt us to upright behavior. Nor are they only allusions to what has happened before. No, they represent the people, the very real people that Jesus has ministered to throughout. The Gerasene demoniac, a man alone and far from home, whose demons were swept into swine. The woman who was bleeding, exiled, abandoned, and in Jesus ultimately restored to wholeness. The little girl whose life was revived, not because she was faithful, but because she was loved. The disciples who argue to be the greatest and are still looked upon with mercy despite their misplaced desires, the list could continue. When Jesus tells this story about the prodigal and his family, Jesus is telling the story of the people he knew and healed and loved. It is not just an illustration. It's intimate and real and not a hypothetical. It's the story of them. And it becomes the story of us. I'm not sure that the intention behind this beloved parable is to pick it apart, to garner some kind of lesson. It's a story that's meant to be entered into, to allow to wash over you. It's a story that invites us to remember. It's a story that honors all the people that are swept up in its proclamation. It is a story that is meant to be felt. And to follow those feelings of despair and soul-wrenching joy, of resentment into radical welcome, of being lost and then suddenly being found in the wide open embrace of your holy parent. As T.S. Eliot wrote in The Little Gidding, with the drawing of this love and the voice of this calling, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. It's human nature to want to understand, but some things can only be embodied, embraced, remembered, known. And the dare I say foolish and extravagant love of God displayed in the Father who runs with open arms to receive his lost son even before he can say a word, that is not an academic exercise, nor is it meant to be. That is joy, and it is the foundation of our faith. That is the joy of encountering God, the joy of grace, the indescribable rightness of God's embrace, undeserved, and yet God doesn't seem to mind one bit. Those arms are opened wide, and it's not logical, it's not pragmatic, it's not a tale about morality. The story is the stuff of faith. Chaotic, uncertain, vast and intimate, and ultimately leading us into the joy of God's embrace. I don't know who you identify with in this story. I know I certainly have been the one that is lost and who has been found. I know I've also been the elder brother the one who wonders why we're spending so much time and effort on somebody when all this time I've been doing it right and nobody's been paying attention. And you know, for the briefest of moments, 
on a playground when I couldn't find my son. I was the father. And it doesn't seem so extreme to me that this is the way the father reacts when we're found and returned home. Because that's the scariest moment in a parent's life. Whoever you are in this story, wherever you find yourself, maybe all three folks at once, maybe you're feeling more like the fatted calf. (laughs) Stop listening to extract the soundbite or to learn the lesson or to figure out who's who or, or who is worthy or who is unworthy or what is happening. In this moment, just rest in this story, rest in this grace, rest in this promise, and know that God's embrace, no matter where you find yourself, is in fact enough. Because sometimes we are the prodigal, the screw-up who can't see the daylight because of the hole we've dug for ourselves that is so deep. And sometimes we are the older son passing judgment and losing sight of the vision of wholeness for all people that God freely and radically dishes out, but we are always, we are always the child being found. You are always the child being found. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.